This week's podcast brought to you by Elon Gators. This morning I put our dog outside, um, the puppy. It was a really cold morning, so I knew pretty soon she'd want to come in. About 10 minutes later, I see her sitting on the front steps. I go and open the door, and not only was our puppy sitting on the front steps, but right next to her was the newspaper. She had gone to the end of the driveway, gotten the newspaper, and brought it to the front steps. She didn't bring it to the front steps. She was about to eat it. That's like saying yesterday when I walked into the family room and she had our daughter's slippers, that she was bringing me my slippers. She was about to eat the slippers. Let me pretend she was bringing me my paper. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. We're back after a one week absence. We were here a week ago recording a podcast. It was good hour long fun-filled Peabody award-winning without question podcast we uh sent it off to Denny and uh it didn't pass muster it didn't Denny said the quality was not up to our standards our standards since the first one (laughs) he said the 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 audio quality was as poor as the first one which made it um unairable he also said that I sounded distant emotionally distant right I think that's because (laughs) I discovered now that I had the microphone turned around. I can only speak into one side of the microphone, and I was speaking into the wrong side of the microphone. Yes. So maybe maybe you should um, try that with me when you've been talking to me for a while and I'm completely ignoring you, or actually that's more accurate, vice versa. I should just turn you and talk into the other ear. <laughs> maybe that's been the problem all along. I'm sure in a couple of years I won't be able to hear anything out of either ear. I, I have a loud ringing in my ears always as it is. Yeah. But last week we tried to do the podcast from across the basement at a round table, a round dining room table that used to be in the dining room and is now in the basement. Yes. And we took it out of the dining room. We couldn't get it down the stairs, so we had to take it out the front door, roll it. Well, did we carry it or roll it? <laughs> we carried it. That's right. You suggested that we roll it through our muddy yard, and I said no. That's not the best idea, since it's a round table. I suppose, perhaps, we could have rolled it, but no, we carried it. We could have rolled it like a wheel, but anyway, you're right. It was like Laurel and Hardy carrying a piano down the stairs. We got it we got it around the house and into the basement, and we thought we would sit at that round table and do the podcast. Acoustically, apparently, it was a bad idea, but it, it felt like we were sitting at the 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 Charlie Rose show. Uh, remember the round table with the dark Yeah, I was on set. the Charlie Rose show. Why were you on the Charlie Rose show? Um, I don't know. This was after, I don't know if this was after UConn winning the championship or after the Olympics. Um, but apparently Charlie Rose wanted to talk to me. That's why I was on the Charlie Rose show, I guess. That's a, that's a little frightening. But, um, but anyway, we got the table in the basement and then we had a, this empty, square room that it was in 
it had been in the dining room. Well, this isn't quite the order of how things happened. So there was there was a day. This is before Thanksgiving, and and the best room in our house is a is the room that we never use. It's the dining room, and the, what makes it the best room in the house? It's not very big, but it's in the front of the house. It's in the one part of the house that gets sunlight almost the entire day. Like most, our kitchen is dark. Our our Room where we have the TV is dark, but the dining room we have a, we have has a dark the best house. light. We have a, a, a relatively dark house, full of, just full of distant people. <laughs> and but we're never we never use the dining room except Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, three hundred and sixty three days of the year, it is a a mail sorting center. Yeah, it's just it's like the the dump station until we move stuff wherever it goes next, whether it's to getting out in the mail, whether it's to be brought to the basement, whatever. So, it's this nice bright room that we don't get to enjoy. And <clears throat> leading up to Thanksgiving this year, especially um you know, we weren't having family over for Thanksgiving for obvious reasons, and um, or the obvious reasons being your your family, <laughs> having nothing to do with COVID-19, the being pandemic. COVID-19, the pandemic. So, there was a day, and uh, this is b- before Thanksgiving, before we had gotten our Christmas tree, and uh, and you were just upstairs. Um, I don't remember what you were doing, but you were upstairs, and I was downstairs with the kids, and I, I had our son. I said, here, help help me do this. And so he helped me move the dining room table from um, from the dining room just to the hallway next to it. So we moved that over, and then the next thing I made him do, we had a kind of a coffee table-ish thing, that's, square brown trunk. Yeah, that my sister had brought over here maybe a year ago. That's been in our garage for the past year. And um, I don't remember the original reason for her to bring it over. It was but, to get it out of her house. Yeah, well, perhaps. And doesn't, isn't it, wasn't it full of press clippings of yours? No, no, that's a different trunk that my dad brought Your over. Your dad brought over a trunk full of press clippings of yours. It's like, it's like a, a, a clipping casket. It is. It's the, it's the coffin of your achievement. <laughs> the coffin... Of my achievement, <clears throat> yes. Um, go ahead, kids. You you can put your hot cocoa on the coffin of my achievement. <laughs> and so, anyway, so then I had our son. Some some things come with a COA, a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> your COA is a coffin of achievement. So I had our son bring the the trunk, not the coffin of my achievement, but the other trunk from. No, was... the, the coffin of achievement. The coffin of my achievement is coma. <laughs> Perfect. Your coma, perfect. Yes. Um, this is when your brain is coming in handy in the weird way it works. So anyway, our son helped me bring the other, <laughs> the uh, the non-coffin into that room. And then we moved a, a chair from the living room uh, the, that we always have to move. We usually just mush it over to a different part of the room when we bring the Christmas tree in. But instead, this time we brought it into the the formal or the former dining room. And so, and then a chair from another room. Anyway, we ended up with four mismatched chairs. You make it sound like we live in the house from Clue. (laughs) There's just a few rooms, but that's... Well, no, we just, we just, the point is just that we have now four chairs. We brought it from the solarium into the billiard parlor. (laughs) We have four chairs now surrounding this, this coffee table in this bright, bright room of the house. And... Um, and so that's and and then so. But the real reason for putting the the square coffee table in the center of that square room is so you didn't bonk your head on the hanging light fixture that used to hang above the 
dining room yes, table. Yes, that's a very important reason. And to not bonk your head in the you second have to walk reason, around it. Yeah. it was to have somewhere to, to put your feet when you're sitting in one of the mismatched chairs. But anyway, so we did all of that. You were unaware that that was happening. And uh, and so then I said to the kids, all right, well, we'll tell dad to come down. And, and I, I do this more often than not is if, if I think you might not like something that we've done, I couch it as it was one of the kids' ideas. So I said, you you know, come down. I want to show you something. You know, this was the kids' idea. And uh, and so you came down, and all of a sudden, where you used to have a dining table and mail and a bunch of other stuff <laughs> sitting on that table, we now had a a nice little sitting room. And 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 what did you think that I was I was going to come down the stairs and say, "Why I oughta? This is highly irregular. I well, no, I never." You wouldn't have to say anything. I could just read it on your face if you came down and saw this, and you it would have been like, "Really." Now, because I know in the back of your brain, your thought would have been, now I have to return these chairs to their room and move this table out of here and move this dining table back in. But instead, you rolled with it and uh, and then rolled it as we then took that table. And I guess it's permanent now. We're going to leave that room the way it is because we've taken that table out of there and brought it down to the You basement. said you had a... You had turned the dining room into a sitting room, but it's, nobody called it a sitting room. I'm not even sure what a sitting room is. What did you and the kids decide that this was going to be called? I had no part of this. I had no part of this. I don't remember which one of our children it was, but they just said, who wants to have some hot cocoa in the parlor? So The, the parlor. Chi- the children have named it the parlor. <laughs> the parlor. Yes. And uh, I did some research on parlors i thought i thought i assumed parlor came from parler as in parlez-vous francais to what talk is, oh parlay means to yeah talk. the room to talk in um but it, it you know it, the room where you talk in the room where you talk the room in. where it happened yes yeah. it, it, well it was the room where nothing happened and now it is the room where, where it happens the parlor because um in previous centuries when people didn't have a spare room to spare uh, once once they once they became prosperous enough to have a a room that wasn't the entire flat this is like in Victorian England or something they could have a front room that they could put chairs in and you could sit in and that became the parlor and that that sort of uh, uh, front room the front of the house was the origin of funeral parlor. Rather than laying out the body in the, the hallway or whatever, you laid it out in the fun- – there was a funeral parlor with a front room for laying out the body. Beauty parlor, pizza parlor, billiard parlor, ice cream parlor, all these kind of front rooms where you could do something different. That's how those businesses got their name. I mean, this was a quick Wikipedia search, I'm sure, but uh, – but that's interesting, and and uh, and ours is just now the the hangout parlor. It it has gotten more use in the last two three weeks than all the years that we've lived here combined. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 use it got before, other than the two days a year of of eating dinner in there, was that's where 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 my turntable is and where all of the vinyl records are. So you go in there and sit at a wooden dining room chair and listen to Steely Dan's Asia for the 10,000th time. But we weren't really doing that until we took the table out 
and put in four marginally more comfortable chairs. You know what, though? I'm, I'm forgetting, and, and I shouldn't for, forget this. The other time it got a, a bunch of use was right at the beginning of COVID oh, when we were doing a bunch, of, a bunch of puzzles um, in that room with while listening to music. So yeah, it's actually gotten quite a lot of use this year, more use than, than it, ha- than it ever, ever has. has. So, yeah, so in the COVID year, because we spend a lot of time doing puzzles early on, so probably in April, March, April, um, it got a lot of use. And then now it's getting a lot of use as the parlor. But we moved the table out of there originally uh, I'm sorry. You moved the comfortable chair in there originally to make room for the Christmas tree in the yes. corner of the of the other room, and um, I didn't go with you to buy the Christmas tree. No, that was strategic. Um, the The ten year old and I went to get the Christmas tree, and um, we used to go get the Christmas tree at a, a Christmas tree farm that's not all that far from us in Massachusetts. And you'd go there and you'd choose the tree and you'd cut down the tree. And I think we've told this story before, but. If not, it's worth revisiting um, because the first time you went with us, you know, people go there because they want to choose their tree. And I think they go there because they also want to have the saw in their hand as they cut down the tree. So years ago, this Why? before kids. Are these the same people who want to kill their own chicken rather than buy it at the grocery? I don't know. But, um, but years ago, before kids, we went to get a Christmas tree. And uh, I think it was before kids, and the guy came over and handed, or they gave gave you a saw, a handsaw, and um, you proceeded to take the handsaw. I went out in the field, selected the tree that I liked, right, and I hung the saw around the tree, and waited, and waited for, for the, somebody to come cut the it down. Fourteen-year-old boy to come and cut I the tree. I thought that down. was the. I thought that's how it went. It's not how it went, and I remember being like this mortified. Like, yeah, well, yeah, like what? What's he doing? Start cutting the tree, big we fella. Instead, you <laughs> hung the saw on the tree for the little teenage boy to come cut down for you. But she they, did. And then they go over and they put it on the machine that shakes it and gets all the little loose needles off it, wrap it up, and you bring it home. And didn't they do that when you bought the tree at the local strip mall place where the trees are already cut? It's not a local strip mall. It's a really nice place. We've gotten our tree there the past couple of years. And... uh and we went there, and, and these trees are already cut, um, but they're leaning. And so, you know, I, I was there with our ten-year-old, and I said, "All right, let's let's look at this one." And so I straightened it up, and um, and there again, there was like teenage kids there working, and this really helpful young man came over, and he said, um, "Would you like me to thump your tree for you?" <laughs> and my my direct answer was, "I have no idea what that means," and so therefore, yes. <laughs> Please thump my tree so I can uh, see exactly uh, somebody what that asked, means. Somebody asked me that in Times Square the last time I was in <laughs> the city. So the and I also over. said yes. <laughs> and he stood it upright. And this wasn't to get the needles off of it. It was to get the branches to kind of spread so you could see if it had a full, would it be a plume on a tree? To see if it had a full plume. <laughs> Plumage? Is this what? <laughs> yes. So he straightened the tree. And almost like he was doing squats, he jumped up and down. And thumping thumped, the tree, thumping the tree, and um, he was anyway, a tree thumper. He was a tree thumper, <laughs> and it had. I've heard ad- of tree huggers, and it, it had an adequate plumage. So, um, so he's. We, we did it have a sufficient arboreal girth. <laughs> and uh, and another, there was two kids that were working, and the other one came over, and they t- told me they'd been super busy all day. This is the day after Thanksgiving. They said, you know, 
typically there'd been six people there, six families at a time getting trees, just the two of them. But I just happened to come at the right time. And um, I was the only one there. So the other the other young man came over and he said, um, you know, these bottom couple of branches will need to be cut off. Um, he said, would you like to do that when you get home or would you like me to do that? Did he <laughs> ask you, would you like me to prune the plume? <laughs> Hashtag. Prune the plume. Prune the plume. <laughs> And uh, anyway, of course, I said to him, I said, I want to have as little work as possible for myself when I get home. So please cut off the those branches. And um, and then I w- he, of course, assumed you were you were single. <laughs> anyway, yes, with my 10 year old daughter. But, but there was oh, nobody that, that at I didn't home. have There's a husband no, yeah, yeah. To, to be able to do it. Correct. And so um, so then I went inside to pay. And when I came back out, the and, and this is kind of the. The quandary, it's not even a quandary, but, you know, you know, you're going to tip one of these kids, right? Because they're helping you. So the the one kid thumps the tree. So I'm like, all right, this is my, this is the tree thumper. I'm going to tip him. But then the other kid comes over and he cuts off the branches. So it's like, all right, which kid do I tip? Do I tip both kids? And so then I went into pay and I came back out. The tree thumper. Another guy has to, has to hump it on his back and carry it over right, the car. Right, right. Well, so so you like, got the tree thumper. What? Yes. The tree humper. Yes. And what's the third job here? Tying it to the oh, roof. Oh, yeah, right, right. So I come back, and the tree thumper is now the kid who's tying it to the roof. And this is the minivan. So they tied it with the doors open through the window and then realized when you tried to shut the door that that wasn't going to work. So now the other kid, the one who cut the branches, has come over to help. And so at this point, it's like, I got to tip both of these kids, obviously, because you got a thumper, you got a, a cutter, you got the first tie to the roof. Now you've got the second tie to the roof. There's consulting going on it's like a golf course where you roll up and you grease the guy at the bag drop and the guy yes that puts it on the cart and then you return the cart yeah it's uh, yeah. You, you just load a bunch of bills into a confetti can and then shoot it off as you go yes. through the parking lot Th- thank you but um but the kids they, they couldn't have been nicer they were really good at their job they were very sweet super helpful and um, I think they're like freshmen in high school I was really impressed with them so anyway they helped me we got the tree home our, we brought it in, put it up, and then the kids wanted, of course, to decorate it. So I go and get the, the Christmas decorations in, from the basement, get the um, Christmas lights from the basement, and and it takes like three strands of lights. I don't know if we have shorter strands or what, but the third strand, when I went to plug them in, were no longer working. So I made the mistake of saying to you, I think I have to go get buy an, another strand of lights. And... Uh, you. We've got plenty of lights around this house. After all the money you just spent tipping uh, tree thumpers? <laughs> we go. We got plenty, plenty of lights around this house. Well, our our two high school-aged daughters have put some of the lights up in their room. It looks nice. It gives it a little Christmas feel. They like it. So, no, we, we didn't just have plenty of lights around the house. So, the next thing I know, you, who, as an aside, you are in a mood. I don't know. I don't remember why, but you were. The next thing I know. A good one, the, I the, assume. The, yeah. The kids and I are waiting We've been told we can't purchase more lights, so we're waiting because we can't decorate yes, the tree. Because because I have the power to tell you you can't purchase more lights. <laughs> we we can't we can't we can't decorate the tree until the lights are on. That's the base layer. So then we wait as we see you like go right outside the front door, and all of a sudden I see you um, in a fist fight with an arborvitae. Exactly, I was gonna say I saw you assaulting an arborvitae, <laughs> and. I realize you're ripping the lights off the Arborvitae. And well, the thing is, they, the lights they, were put on the Arborvitae, what, 
15 years ago yes. when we first they were, moved they were in. Put on, they were put on a small, small arborvitae small arbor outside the front door and a couple of strings of light from the base, from the, from the arboreal base of the arborvitae up to the little, up to the little triangulated peak of the arborvitae. And the whole thing was maybe six feet tall and I could do it standing up. And then over the years, if anybody knows anything about arborvitaes, they grow about nine feet per year. And our, that arborvitae is now 100 feet tall. It's like a sequoia in, in National Park. And, and the, the few strands of light that were once around the exterior of the tree have now been subsumed into the interior of the tree, uh, like nine feet inside. They're now strangulating the tree. They're, they're, they, are, they are the they're the they're the tidy vites on the on the uh, arborvitae, and we, so I went into the interior of it and and try to extract the strand of lights. They're, they even if you were to plug them in, you you the light wouldn't escape the tree. You you there's no part of you that can pretend that you did this without being somewhat annoyed because a you've never tried to. S- extract them before you you've, you've never thought about you know my arborvitae isn't is is being strangled i better release it from these lights instead you went in there and ripped these lights off the arborvitae and brought them into me they're like they were kind of dirty i, I, I threw them at your feet like the, like the entrails years. of a of a dragon <laughs> and and sort of to my dismay, when I plugged them in, they did work. I knew, I know you were hoping that they wouldn't work. <laughs> and so, and then like, you would quietly right. then get in the car and go to the hardware so store and buy another. I just another looked strand. at the kids. All right, so I put this. Who else? Who knows what else may have been living on there these were some, lights? There were some small living organisms that I, we that we then wrapped the rest of the Christmas tree in, and uh, but it got the tree lit, and then the kids. Um, what we mostly have for ornaments are a bunch of things that they made when they were in pre-K and kindergarten and and ornaments they made through school. So they've got a bunch of these homemade ornaments, many of them with their pictures on them. I just love it. That's how I will always want my tree to look when it's decorated is just full of the kids' ornaments. So the younger three opened, they each have like this little pencil box sized thing that their ornaments are in and they put them all on the tree and um, eventually we got our oldest downstairs and I handed her her pencil box and put them on the train. And what's kind of nice is since the kids are a little bit taller, it used to be when all the ornaments were put on the, they'd put everything on the lower branches and there'd be nothing to fill out the rest of the tree. Well, now that they're tall, they're the whole tree. They decorated pretty much the whole tree. I put a few things on, but our kids decorated the tree. Um, we, we didn't need your help. Um, I think you were... <laughs> it was mutual. Yeah, you were help, happy not to help. We were happy not to have your help. And uh, what, a, what, a, what a lovely family tableau. You and the kids decorating the tree while I sat brooding <laughs> in the parlor. Right, while well, you were... Wondering why I was sitting on a, uh, on a weird dining room chair with no <laughs> yeah. table there. And, uh, and so anyway, our, our tree is up. It's, it's a nice tree. It's very alive still. And I know that because it drinks a pitcher of water a day. Um, and uh, it's decorated. And, uh, but technically, it's not alive, right? Once the tree is cut down, it can't possibly be alive. It's like a I chicken know. with the head cut off, right? I don't know. It, it, it is taking in a, a, a pitcher, an entire pitcher of water every day. So um, it's got to have some life left in it, I would guess. Do me a favor. After I expire, 
long before you. Put you in the Christmas no, tree no, stand. Keep, keep pouring a pitcher of, of beer down my <laughs> neck no, and no, see how do. long I continue I'm gonna, to. I'm going to wrap uh, that strand. Keeps, keeps me alive. I'm going to wrap <laughs> that strand of lights around you really tightly. Yes, decorate me, yes. Your, uh, your, yes. your arbor, what did you call them? My tidy vities Yes, your tidy vities <laughs> while, while, uh, <laughs> while I'm having a posthumous pitcher of, of beer. All see right. how long it keeps me going. Before, before, seal. before, before I suffer sap seal. You know, you know what I just realized. We have probably way too many times on this podcast talked about what we're gonna do with you after you're gone. <laughs> after my demise, we've talked about miniature golf courses. We've talked about putting you in a confetti cannon. Like, and you're, we've talked and about the variety of ways in which. And the next thing you're going to say is, "It's time we got on with it, right?" No. Enough talk. Oh, if you do go before I do and I listen back to some of these podcasts, I wonder if it'll make me laugh or make me sad. <laughs> well, it depends whether you've fulfilled any of these various last uh, wishes. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I will have. Um So anyway, we're 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 moving along towards Christmas and uh getting excited for that. I we I was working again. I called a basketball I, game. I forgot. In person. Um, so last Friday, I went to the Mohegan Sun, or I went on Thursday, but there was, there was a game at the, in the Mohegan Sun in what they have coined Bubbleville uh, this past Friday, DePaul playing Louisville. This is, Louisville was originally supposed to play UConn. Do, do, UConn had a positive COVID case. So Does it instill confidence in you that, that it's a medically sound, uh, sealed environment when, when it also has the ring of a, of a Jimmy Buffett song, Bubbleville? <laughs> right. right. Well, it was funny because this, we called this game on December 4th, and I said to Ryan Ruko, my um, partner, he's been my partner for the last eight years um, calling WNBA games, and this is his first year calling women's college games, and he's now my partner doing that too. Um, and I said to him, I said, the last game I called in person, because we called the entire WNBA season, we called a ton of games, but it was all from Bristol. I said, the last game I called in person, I had looked back on my calendar and I'm pretty sure it was March 6th. It was the Pac-12 championship in Vegas. And Ryan said the last game he called was, I believe, March 10th. He called, or March 8th. He called the last NBA game. It was the last game that was played before the season um, was suspended. Anyway, it had been a really long time, and it was an interesting process because I took, I, I did at-home COVID tests. They had me take an at-home COVID test where you do the swab yourself. You send it in. I did that on Monday. Got the results on Tuesday that I was COVID negative. Then went to the casino on Thursday. They bring you right to testing. and um, Well, presumably you went to the hotel attached to the casino. Actually, no. We the, went, the, the test I was done in, in the casino. Lot, and then they security met us there. They went and, to a Baccarat table. And they brought us to like a room somewhere. We kind of walked in the bowels. The of, high stakes poker room? <laughs> no, it was some back like room that they probably use for in the convention center part of it and we did they COVID tested us there and then again they took us all these back ways up a service elevator into our room and we were told we weren't allowed to leave our room until we got our COVID tests so this was like around I don't know six o'clock at night on Thursday what if you wanted to leave your room or needed to leave your room oh there I was mean, a after you get your test back there was a security person by the elevators so um if I left my room they would have because I had a had a bracelet and like a, a, a paper bracelet, and that showed that I've been COVID tested but hadn't had my results. If I once I got my results, then I got a credential. 
So if I left my room, the security person would have told me I had to go back to my room. So I just waited in my room and um, they provided us with a nice boxed lunch dinner. The next morning, I had gotten my results back. I was lucky because I guess when the guys were there, like when Jay Billis went to do some of the men's games in Bubbleville, they were... (laughs) They were in quarantine for 30 hours, so over a day, they weren't allowed to leave their room at all. So anyway, I, I, I got my COVID negative test, um, and then the next morning, they left a credential and so that I could leave my room, but Ryan was also on the fifth floor um, of the hotel, And but when we left our room, we couldn't just go down the elevator. We had to wait for an escort. They said, you can't go anywhere without your escort, so... Our escort met us, brought us down the service elevator again. If somebody was on the elevator, we couldn't get on. Like if there were players from one of the teams that were there, if there was staff, whatever, you couldn't get on. So eventually we got to the arena. So so when I call you at the hotel and you said, just a second, that's my escort at the door? Yes. Yes. I'm at a casino and that's my escort at the door. Exactly. So when we got to the arena... We went to watch um, both DePaul and Louisville were having a shoot-around. But when we got there, NC State men were just finishing their shoot-around. And the night before, the NC State women had had a huge um, upset win over number one ranked South Carolina. So Ryan and I came in, and we were waiting. And the uh, uh, NC State assistant coach came over, and he just said, you know, can you mention on air congratulations to Wes Moore for that big win last night? And then another one of the coaches came over, and they were – Um, talking to us you know we had our masks on everybody had been tested you felt safe but at the same time you know you're trying to stay a little bit distant from people we watched the two shoot arounds Um, that night we get to call the game Louisville's really really good Um, DePaul struggled a little bit Um, they're better than they looked that night so the game wasn't all that close but it was just fun to be in the environment and to call a game again well then the next day was it the next day or was it two days later and um, we find out that, oh, it was the next day, because the next day the UConn men were supposed to play the NC State men, and the game had to be canceled. And we we're like, why was the game canceled? And you look, well, there had been a positive case inside the NC State program. So immediately Ryan and I are texting each other like, do you think it was the, the assistant coach who came over and was kind of close to us talking to us? Is he the one who tested positive, and now do we have to worry? So uh, so even inside Bubbleville, um, there's a positive test case. But uh, and then so that was Friday. And then Sunday, I went into Bristol. Coach Landers was there um, and we did a studio show for a couple of games. And it um, it what was a little bit weird was the last time I was in Bristol was to call the WNBA championship. And anytime we went in to call WNBA games this summer and this fall, I pull in and the parking lot was virtually empty. I could park wherever I wanted. Well, when I went in on Sunday to do college basketball, this is just how things have changed just within sports. You know, now you've got NFL playing, of course, because it's a Sunday. Um, You've got other sports being played. When I pulled in, the parking lot was pretty much full, um, which I hadn't seen in months. And, um, And it was almost like almost like normal other than you know always having a mask on when you're not on tv um and uh i'll be back there again this coming week assuming games aren't canceled and our games that are supposed to be on tv aren't canceled but uh but yeah women's college basketball season is sort of in i can't say full swing because uconn hasn't played a game northwestern hasn't played a game but many teams have played games and uh so it's in it's not full swing. Is it, is it in bunt mode? What what would it, it be? Maybe checked swing. It may be yeah. in as full a swing as as we get. 
You know, I'd say every day I probably get about 30 emails in my junk folder or my spam folder. And before I delete them all, I just like quickly glance at them to make sure that there's not something in there that I actually want to read. I neither glance at them nor delete them. You don't delete the stuff in your spam folder? Oh, my spam folder? No, yeah. I never looked at my spam folder. I really? Don't look at it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I have a spam folder that a couple times a day, as I see that there's emails in I mean, it, I but look I was talking it. about I was talking about my regular email I don't look at or, or well, uh, right. delete yeah. or read. I know. I, I do read those because sometimes those are important. Um, but I looked in my, as I was glancing over my spam folder, I just saw one the other day and it caught my eye because it sort of made made me not it just caught my eye and it was for a male elongator i think that was the headline male elongator and the reason it caught my eye is because one of my good friends child her daughter goes to elon and so i read it as elon male elon gator So Elon's, that's where, Elon's that's mascot where, should be the gator. It should. That's where I am in my life. When I see a, an email for male elongator, I see it. My eyes see it as male elongator. It does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, I don't know what. Do you know what what is Elon? I don't know what they are, but they should be the gators without question. Elon is or Elon are the phoenix. Ah, oh, right. I did know that. They should be the gators. Shall we get to viewer mail? Yeah, let's get to viewer mail. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, and we apologize to those uh, viewer mailers uh, to ballandchainpod at gmail.com because uh, we missed last week. So we're going to go, we'll get, we're getting to your mail this week. Sorry that we didn't respond the last two weeks. Let's just pretend it's like. Any other it week. was delayed. It's, it's the holidays. The, the mails got, have been delayed, got, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is from Allison with one L in Connecticut. She she just discovered the podcast almost a year ago and have been catching up on all the sessions since. She has some uh, longstanding issues that she wants to address. Ready, Rebecca? Does she call them issues? No, no, no. She's, she says Does she, uh, Are they bulleted? Are they she bullet says, point? No, they're, they're enumerated. Oh. Every time I listen, she says, I say to myself, I need to write to them, but I've obviously yet to do it. So now finally, here's a mishmash of reasons why I have thought to write to you. One, not sure what number of podcasts it was, but at one point you were discussing pork loin or pork groin, as I believe your daughter called it. I have a great recipe for it. Super simple. See below. And there is attached a recipe for pork loin or pork groin. Okay. Mm, is that, and she, that's something that we can then share on our Instagram? Uh, presumably. A pork I mean, groin it, recipe? It, it, it involves pour, pouring white cooking wine over it and uh, emptying half a bag of frozen peas into the pan. Sounds, Sounds a little bit like your pork chop with garbanzo beans that we had last night. Except, did you realize, so I opened them thinking they were garbanzo beans to cook with the pork chops. They weren't garbanzo beans. They were another kind of bean that I can't think of right away that you wouldn't typically just, you know, put with the meat in the dish. They were delicious. They were full garbanzo? They were, they were not garbanzo. Um, they were gar- great northern beans, but they were really good. I, I w- if I'm if next time I make the pork chops, I think I will forget the garbanzo and use the beans I used last night. Let, let's rank rank the bonzos, shall we? Bonzo the chimp in Bedtime for Bonzo, mm-hmm. starring Ronald Reagan. Uh, garbanzo beans. This is from three to two, and one would have to be Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonzo Bonham. 
I was I wondering if you're going to be able to come up with a third one. Well done. Third one. That's the, the best one. Two, we never leave until the game is over, writes Allison. We're big basketball fans, especially UConn, since my husband and I both graduated. This lesson was learned after the Elite Eight game for the UConn women in Albany, where we stayed so long that we ran into you, Rebecca, walking out. See, picture attached. You made my daughter's ear. And here, indeed, Rebecca, is a picture of you, uh, North Face jacket on, fleeing the arena, uh, but but first uh, taking a picture with uh, Allison's yeah, daughter. I, I remember meeting that adorable little girl. It was a little bit chilly, and I was I was fleeing there quickly. And the reason was, um, I was driving back to Connecticut so that I could be um, in the studio the following day. And uh, anyway, I have nice memories of meeting their little girl. Uh, we too have a rescue pup, right, Allison? I've always. The- and always have the dilemma of walking with a poop bag and waving to courteous drivers who move over to give us room while walking on narrow back roads. We do not we do not do an out and back, but instead a large loop so I can never leave the bag for pickup. We made him an Instagram, their pup, since uh, I didn't want to bombard my friends with pictures of him. At Eddie.D.Hound. Eddie DeHound. I follow Eddie DeHound on Instagram. I don't follow a lot of people, and I think Eddie is the only pet I follow. Um, but they asked me months ago if I'd be interested in following Eddie, and so I do, and he's adorable. And um, they've never taken pictures of the poop bag, but I do know what Eddie DeHound looks One like. One of the great uh, bands of the big band era was Les Brown and his band of renown. Eddie DeHound and his band of renown would have been a great canine big band band. Don't you agree? Yeah, if if, they, if, if there's a market for canine big bands. Uh Four, and lastly, can I please apply to be your resident math teacher? That was the main reason I wanted to write when quarantine started the march. I'm an elementary math coach. I can only imagine what you're envisioning when I call myself a coach. No clipboard, no whistle. Listening to you discuss your fourth grader's work with tra- fractions was music to my ears. Uh, we we could use a lot of coaching up in math around here. I, I can't I do it. I can't do it with kids. clipboard and whistle. But she should, clearly. Four times eight. Too slow. Burp. Blow the whistle. And we may have mentioned this years ago, but um, every day when we drive to the uh, younger kids' elementary school, we pass a house that says Math Tutor on the mailbox. And and over the years, we developed a song in the car to sing on the way when we pass the Math Tutor. And when we pass the Math Tutor, not on the way to school. Rebecca, how does that song go? You're going to make me sing? Well, you don't have to math sing. You could tutor, just... Math Tutor, Math Tutor, toot me some math. I must take a bath after tooting some math that was, so that, that was uh, when, from, when you from like grow up as a child in our kindergarten first grade second grade and, days and, and the, the kids of course have long and every time uh, st- every time we would start to sing it one of our children stop like would get so angry which would just fuel me and i would have to sing louder and make sure to uh finish the song uh, be well, stay safe, and send some swag our way in Lower Connecticut, writes Allison in CT. Allison, I would love to send you some swag, but you would need to send us your address. I know if I send it to Allison with one L in Lower Connecticut, it would probably reach you. But You say this as if you have been good about sending swag. I've sent swag to, I think everybody who's asked for it has gotten it. So. Oh, really? You're up to date on the swag I send? Think so. But okay. uh, but um, but Allison, we'll need, we'll need your address. I know. I know. Every once in a while, you read that you know, um, Babe Ruth would receive mail in New York, just addressed to Babe Ruth, New York City, or something like that. But uh, I don't know that that would be possible today. Okay, moving on, Rebecca. Moving on. 
Amy in Arlington, Virginia writes, Steve and Rebecca, two years ago, a friend gifted me Road Swing for Christmas, informing me she went to high school with the author. When I grabbed it from my stack of books months later, I laughed, chortled, and guffawed, and learned a lot sharing anecdotes with my family, including the history of Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, which I drive past each time I visit my brother in the Poconos. Road Swing was my first book. Uh, still out there, Rebecca? I loved Road Swing. Oh, thank you. Uh, after finishing the book, I was curious to learn more about this witty author, Steve Russian. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I, well, I never. Now I'm blushing, Rebecca. Have you read his other two books? That's and, where the and best I, place to learn about. And him. my Google search revealed that he was married to Rebecca Lobo, the Rebecca Lobo, whose career I followed so closely while I played basketball in the '90s. I then read about the podcast, listened to Ball and Chain once, and fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Months ago, there was discussion on the podcast of a grandma-style candy dish. Growing up, my grandparents in northeast Iowa, close to the Minnesota border, always had two candy dishes in their house placed strategically on the lamp tables next to their TV-watching chairs. I, my parents had the same setup. They had a common table between the two Archie and Edith bunker chairs. Uh, my brother, sister, and I, writes Amy, after hugging our grandparents' hello, would slink off into the living room to lift the lids and inspect the contents. However, the best part of being spoiled by our grandparents was not the candy dishes on arrival, but the pop when it was time to depart. We'd be standing in the kitchen, usually bundled up in parkas, stocking caps, mittens, and scarves. It was Iowa, after all. And Grandpa Floyd would ask us if we wanted a pop for the road. And then he, and then he would punch us. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he wasn't we, asking them. He was asking their father, who was driving, Grandpa on a Floyd, pop yes. for the road. We'd all shake our heads, yes, walk to the fridge, and select a can of Coke, cherry Coke, or sun-kissed orange. Those were the two flavors of... The two choices of soda when I worked at Met Stadium for Twins and Vikings games uh, in 79, 80, and 81. They sold both kinds of soda, Coke and Sunkissed. There was nothing else. If you only could sell two, those should be the two. Sunkissed. I mean, that's the taste of summer right there. I recently found a newspaper clipping of Grandma LaVon, capital L-A, capital V-O-N-N-E. So Floyd and LaVon, I I love it. That's great. uh, Sent me a decade ago about the origin of the term one for the road. The Waterloo Courier explained that when condemned prisoners in medieval England were being taken by wagon along the road to London's Tyburn Gallows to be hanged, they were allowed a last drink at a pub on the way, hence one for the road. Thank you for the podcast. It's a joy to listen to each week. Thank you, Amy. Fascinating uh, one for the road uh, anecdote there. And, that reminds uh, and, me, we, and have a, we have a new candy we, dish. We have a, a, a new grandma candy we've dish. We've acquired a new grandma candy dish this week. We, uh, a few weeks ago, I hosted the NCAA Woman of the Year Awards. And, virtually. Um, virtually, of course. Yeah, via Zoom. Got to interview a bunch of the players, meet some of the uh, women, and talk to them, these student athletes. Usually it's a big deal in a, in a, in a, in a convention center. Yes. And... Um, this year was done virtually, and anyway, this past week we got this box in the mail, and we opened it, and when we eventually, there's a couple boxes inside and tons of bubble wrap. We got to the bottom. There was a beautiful grandma's candy dish, the letters NCAA etched into the bottom with their logo, um, and we have since used it. I put some candy in it the other day, so uh, we have now. We now I think have what three three grandma candy dishes i'm gonna have to really figure out which one uh you know you have to just use them as a rotation you have to put them in the parlor right oh yeah we haven't put one in the parlor yet and and you got to get you got to get the candies that are cellophane wrapped and twisted at the end of course little jewel toned greens and butterscotch colors yeah the butterscotch are the ones that come in like the gold wrappers uh john writes uh, hi, Rebecca and Steve. Haven't written in a while, but Jane, his wife, and I continue to be faithful listeners of the BNCP. The BNCP, I, I, I like that. 
B2, the BNCP. Um, you mentioned Rebecca's birthday, he, and he, he knows you love bullet points, Rebecca, so he's bullet pointed his, his email. You mentioned Rebecca's birthday present of a pound of dark chocolate, which might only be half a pound by the time it gets to Rebecca. Our whole family is chocolate lovers, and often I'll buy a gift of some chocolate for Jane, and once the seal is broken, I end up with more in me than she does. If I'm totally honest, sometimes the seal gets broken before she gets any at all. That is, that is That's kind of crossing you, you don't, the line. You don't, I mean, you can ask for two seals, break the one, and then reseal it before you get home if you've eaten, eaten some. But um, See, this is the thing. Your brain goes to, why don't you just get two seals— or, you know, I, I'll open my box of candy. You don't break the seal. I'll break the seal, I'll open my box of candy, and then you'll eat most of it. Next time, instead of getting a one-pound one box of candy, why don't you just get a one-half-a-pound box of candy for me that I actually will get to enjoy in however long it takes me, and then a second box, half-a-pound box for yourself. And then you can eat it. You can hoover it down. It won't matter. But I'll still have my half a pound left. You're the one who surreptitiously threw away the nine pounds of Halloween candy that we, we have left and uh, saying that the kids aren't eating anymore. No, they weren't, but I was still eating it. Oh, well, you saw me throw it away. You could have uh, dug it out of there. Yeah, it's it's Christmas. It's time for the Halloween chocolate, chocolate to go. Uh, John is... is Family is generally a stay-till-the-ender of a sporting event. This stems from uh, his very first Red Sox game against the Yankees. Of course, my dad announced in the seventh inning that it was time to go home because, quote, mother is cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, that begs a couple questions. One, was, was he attending the game with Mike Pence? Right, yes. Two, was John's mother there? Or And if not three, what does mother refer to? What mother is, is cold. Mother is cold, yes. Like, like if you were at the game with our son, you were at a game and you said to our son, uh, it's time to go, mother is cold. <laughs> what, what would that be referring to? I, I would have more likely said, this mother is cold <laughs> and tired and needs to go home. Um, one of John's earliest memories is when they delivered our family's load of encyclopedias. I think I was around four years old and was thrilled when the Encyclopedia Britannica, the Book of Knowledge, the Harvard Classics, and a treasury of best-loved books arrived at our house. Since this was long before the internet was invented, we used, to, we used the first two for many book reports, but I think the Harvard Classics were in pristine condition when I left for college 14 years later. I got a set of, of like fake leather-bound, multicolored, um, classic sort of uh, classics of children's literature. Robinson Crusoe, uh, Little Women was in there. Anyway, these things were, uh, I probably read a few pages of each of them, and I think I read all of a couple of them, but they sat on my bookshelf for years when I was a kid, all the while I was growing up. And I so missed them that I went on eBay a couple of years ago and found them and bought the set. Uh, and it's now in our daughter's room. Is it the same, this the exact same, same looking set? The exact same look, the exact what same colors. What happened to your set? Any idea? They would have been thrown away when, when, uh, when I, if I had left the room for more than nine minutes, my mom liked to clean house and, and get rid of stuff. She wouldn't have gotten rid of the books. They would have found, she would have found a good home for them. But once I had flown the coop, uh, against my stated our, wishes that, that she rope off the room and keep it as a museum with a red velvet rope. She didn't do have that. Have any of our children read any of those yeah, books? Yeah, I, I, I think some of them, uh, I, I know um, when Little Women became a big hit movie with like Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet or whoever the our daughter's uh, favorite actors are, um, she at least cracked open Little Women, I think, to see, to see the... Uh, the book based on the major motion picture. Right, to see if Tim Lee, Timothy Chalamet's picture was in the pages. Exactly. So uh, 
Finally, this week's podcast, Steve made the mistake of questioning Rebecca's ability to take down John King in one-on-one, what with her knees and other nagging injuries. I've always been curious if back in the day, Steve could at least make Rebecca break a sweat in one-on-one. Um, this this question, of course, was asked of me many times uh, after we If you met. could make me break a sweat no, in no, one-on-one. Who wins in one-on-one? As, yeah. if, as if we were playing a lot of one-on-one. Um, first of all, if we met in New York and, and where would we have done that? Uh, secondly... Um, your, your knees were insured by Floyd's of London at that point, I think. And uh, I, I don't think it would have been great if I had Floyd's stepped on your... Yeah, well... I, Uncle Floyd's? Grandpa Floyd, yeah. Grandpa um, Floyd, I didn't yeah. think that, uh, you know, it would have gone over well if I had if I had torn your ACL for the third time. And uh, But then when, we, when, when you retired and we got a hoop in our driveway and uh, every once in a while I could coax you out into the driveway... Um, we still don't play one on one, really. But I would I would say that your 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 distinct advantage in in one on one, apart from your your all of your other skills in basketball, was uh, and remains, I assume, your footwork. Something that I never even pretended to learn or be taught as a basketball player, and marveled at Kevin McHale's footwork, of course, as a uh, as a Minnesota basketball fan who then became a fan of the Celtics. So um, I assume you're teaching that in all of these skills sessions and, and coaching clinics that you're doing as we speak in distanced ways because it's something that I never learned and something that I always marveled at in your uh, in your driveway hoops game. You're looking at me with a pain That's expression. Your answer. Someone asked like who won when we played one-on-one and you go into like this long disclaimer about, well, when we met we were in New York. Well, who, had who would win? Knees, who would win? But, but I marvel at her footwork. Who, who would win? You would win. Of course you would win. But did we ever play one-on-one? Of course no, not. We never, we never played one-on-one. Never played you one can one beat one. me in shooting contests. You have, a, you have a really nice shot. A really nice shot. I think, I think well, I think after after we got a hoop on our driveway, I could definitely beat you in shooting contests because you, you stopped shooting. And I, and I started shooting. I mean, having a hoop, I like to shoot hoops. You know what's funny about footwork is um, – like that was one of the things and I didn't I didn't realize it until now when I'm trying to, to coach some kids is like if somebody showed me how to do something, I could watch them do it and then just do it. Like if, if it was an up and under move or a step through move or a double stutter step or whatever it was, like if somebody showed it to me, I'd look at it and then like I could translate it. And now when I try to teach kids sometimes footwork, it really can be a challenge for them. Um, yes. Th- even if they can get it on one side of the court, even if it's a simple drop step move, even if it's a left-handed layup and you have to go off your opposite yeah, foot, left, it's, right, it's, up. It's, yeah. Um, it's it's, but that's a little bit different because you know, for kids, that's using the whole other side of their body. Sometimes like, it's like just like a dream a, step or something like that. It, it's even just a pivot. It's just like a drop step but they uh, on the they get it on the right side of the floor on the left side of the floor they can't drop step they keep squaring up squaring up and um it's it's been a challenge for me a little bit because i'm trying to think how do i teach this because i could just watch someone do it and know like how do i explain this to this kid because how i'm explaining it right now and how i'm showing it they, they don't just learn it so and it's why they um, say that oftentimes great players don't make great coaches because it came naturally to them or they had some special uh, aptitude for it that that they end up just yelling just do it i mean that's what i did kind yeah. of a thing yeah and 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 the hard thing too is if it's one of your own kids the last thing you want to do like if it's somebody else's kid they generally don't get embarrassed or or 
they'll I can stop and I can walk them through it really slowly and pre-COVID times I might even like take my hand and pick up their foot and move it to show them um but with my with our own kids I can't absolutely can't do that because they would be a little bit embarrassed by that so um anyway it's 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 a challenge sometimes teaching footwork but um it's my challenge and I'm gonna figure out how to do it darn it will you teach me I think you're beyond help. beyond help yeah it's like sort of like beyond meat and yes. beyond help the artificial um, yeah but you have a good shot <laughs> basketball substitute well thank you I, I the only thing with my shot is as I age my range goes Increases. from yeah yeah I mean it, what you think of- you, th- you think you've got you think you've got you know, it's online. Oh, it fell three feet short. Opposite of the NBA player or WNBA player who, who the big who extends his career by being able to shoot deeper and deeper right. threes. But, um, but you're it, the opposite. But as soon as that player retires, he or she will find that that the opposite happens rather abruptly. You know why they won't find that? Because they'll, they'll be stop like shooting. me and they just don't shoot anymore. That's true. Uh, Steve writes, Brian in River Edge, New Jersey. I love the fact that all Rebecca got out of the sock story. Remember the sock story? Uh, I was watching. No, the, my uh, depressed husband folding yeah, socks. Yeah, I was folding socks. Just another day in COVID-19, the pandemic. Nothing ever changes. And I and I was depressed folding socks. And a commercial came on for big some big pharma thing saying something to, along the lines of depressed folding socks. Take some of this. Ask your doctor if this is right for you. And then the person is running through a field of daisies all happy, and the tagline is something like, you know, and forget about the sock pile. I love the fact that all Rebecca got out of the sock story was that you were doing it wrong, folding the socks, Mm -hmm. that is. That's Mm true. I mean, my cries for help, believe me, go fall on deaf ears around here. One of my favorite expressions is, writes Brian, is I never realized how incompetent I was until I got married. Amen to that. Amen to that, please. Although I have to say, my friend Carrie told me that she has always folded socks the way you fold socks. She listened to the podcast and she's always done it like you, just taking them out of the pile. And she said, but you know what? I'm going to try your way, Rebecca, because why not? I'm going to try your way and see if it indeed is better. So she hasn't told me yet her verdict, but um, I'm going to change folders one sock at a time. I am. I'm gonna, you are. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change. I finally prevailed change, in one. I'm going to change folders in terms of their socks, one person at a time, one foot at a time. And I'm also going to change footwork one foot at a time. Ah. Sweetheart. <laughs> do we have any more viewer mail? <laughs> We've got a couple more. Ready? Uh, Chris in Cheshire writes, my apologies. I feel I've been remiss in my official duties of late since after the election. I've been teaching remotely and will be doing so until mid-January. Having no commute means also developing a podcast backlog. That being said, I was just listening to the Thanksgiving-themed episode, Whilst, Whilst Walking the Dog, and it compelled me to write. I'm going to become a Whilst guy. Are you going to become an as-such guy? No, 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 but Whilst, I think. Whilst. It's not Whilst. 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 It's very... uh, Sort of British thing. Rebecca hit the nail on the head when she said, we wake up in the dumps. While the world around us is mostly not great, the day-to-day inside our home is mostly fine. But after a month of remote learning where my wife's school has gone back and forth and remote, at least listening to the BNC has brought a bit of normalcy. Have you this been waking up in the normalcy. dumps? Yes, yes, this is. He wakes up in the dumps. Then he listens to the, the BNCP. It pulls him out of those pulls dumps. Pulls him out of the dumps. I want to say, you both made me feel better as a parent when describing your quarantines, happiness to be able to be able 
alone to be alone in their rooms. Our oldest turns 13 in January, and this is a new phenomenon for us since she's been in middle school. Or maybe it's just a private escape during COVID-19, the pandemic. If a seemingly well-balanced home as yours has the same phenomenon, I won't feel as though we're being shunned and chalk it up to the age. Well, uh, our daughter did come down uh, this weekend. And uh, I said, good morning. And then I looked at the clock and I said, or shall I say, good afternoon. And while she was rubbing the sleep from her eyes, she said, that's a record for me. I've never slept this late. And it was one fifteen. Was she proud of herself? Well, she was impressed, as was I, I must say. Like both of you, I had to move my work location within our house. Mine seems to be a frequent need to change. First, I was in the basement playroom because it was quiet. But as it got colder, I moved to our family room. Then we put up the Christmas tree after Thanksgiving, and I now find myself in the living room. Let me just say, I can't wait to get back to my classroom. You don't want to know what my suggestion is? If you have a dining room in your house that you only use occasionally, take the table out. Make your workspace your new well, parlor. Well, well, speaking of that, he writes, Finally, Rebecca's assessment of Steve's lack of a laundry sorting system had me rolling. Not rolling his table and presumably not rolling his socks, which is another perfectly legit way of, of folding socks. I, I, that stretches out the elastic. Okay. Don't roll your socks. My wife and I, that's how we did it as a kid. My wife and I, that's how my mom did it. My wife and I have a similar approach to laundry. I transport, wash, and dry while she folds and delivers. And out of a certain blend of laziness and ingenuity, I've developed a laundry process. To cut down on the sorting, over the years, every bedroom has been equipped with its own hamper and basket. Each kid's clothes are pre-treated and washed separately on cold, right, so colors don't mix. Sorting is easier because each load is just one person's laundry. Now, do either of you have any suggestions on getting the children to put their laundry away neatly? Rebecca, how would you feel about a hamper in each room, and then you just do each kid's laundry? They each they are, there is a hamper in each room. But they then, ha- but then you mix the then you mix the. But I do mix, yeah. Because if I mix, we do a, a, probably at least a load a day, and we have kids who share a room, so you could do theirs together. I wonder, perhaps that would um, perhaps that would be better. What we also have, but I don't use them for this purpose, is like big kind of mesh bags where you could put each kid's laundry in a mesh bag. And even if you did it together, then they would be sorted. Um, But I do like to separate the darks and the whites. And um, but you know what? I'm not going to say no. I, I will. I will consider. I will consider that. That's Chris, right? Chris. That is Chris. Idea? Chris and Cheshire. Yeah. Yes. I'll consider it. Uh, and finally, uh, Dr. Gary Siegel, he, he sends me links, he sends us links, I should say, to, um, to a couple of different stories that we will find of interest. One is the era of emotional support animals on flights will end with a new rule. Uh, this looks like the end of support reptiles, Dr. Siegel writes, and other support things covered in the podcast long ago. That's, that's a, a sad day for aviation, don't you think, Rebecca? No Especially more support since reptiles. there's all those empty middle seats now where you could just put your emotional support animal. He also sends a story uh, that the puppy pipeline runs from Georgia northwards to adopt to adoptive homes. I'll have to read that in full later, but our, our two dogs have both come from Tennessee. Isn't that correct? That is correct. Uh, we, we've only had southern southern dogs we have they've acclimated well but i think i think they really want to get back to their ancestral <laughs> home don't you, you? Do. but uh what dr siegel the, the the main point he wants to get across is is um he wants to welcome alert viewer midge of two weeks ago who wrote in with the pronunciation of emesis which as we all know now know means vomit Please note that vomit can be a verb or a noun, but vomitus, writes Dr. Siegel, sometimes used as a synonym for vomit, is only a noun. I do wish to tidy up just a bit your pronunciation of emesis with due respect to Midge. Below, please find the pronunciation from the Merriam-Webster online dictionary as well as the link at which you can hear the correct pronunciation 
Also, the library line was still not available for this research. Uh, uh, Mises, I believe it is. I'm going to ask Denny to go to that link. And Mises is, and is the plural. I'm going to ask Denny to put in so people can hear the correct pronunciation. Emesis. 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 Well, shifting gears a bit, Dr. Seeker writes, I must confess that as we traveled, that we traveled by car to New Orleans where our son and family live and met up with our daughter and her family who traveled there from Texas for the Thanksgiving holiday. Now, do we, should we publicly shame him now or, or should we no, read on? No, because it's Dr. Siegel, so I'm confident there was testing involved well, let's, and perhaps quarantining. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, we've all been taking appropriate precautions during COVID-19, the pandemic, he writes, and we were all tested, thankfully negative, before the road trips. Two things to note. One, you referred to an Amesis basin, which we discussed in a prior podcast, and in humor connected connected it to the Mississippi River Basin, or Delta. I'm sure that you know that the Minneapolis and the surrounding suburbs are part of the area drained by the Mississippi River. You grew up in the Mississippi River's basin. So, that, of course, the basin is You're where basin it drains boy. into. Yes. And the Delta is where it, you know, it's confusing to me because Delta is both the airline headquartered mm-hmm. in Atlanta, but with a big hub in Minneapolis. And and, and yet the, the basin is in the north, the Delta is in the south. Okay. Uh, two, I laughed out loud when, while driving on a bridge over the actual Mississippi River, New Orleans, you brought this topic up. So he was listening to the BNCP while driving over uh, the actual Mississippi River in New the Orleans. The B-R-I-D-G-E. The B-R-I-D-G-E in N-O-L-A. Lastly, I'm glad that my cleanup letter to the podcast got a laugh from Rebecca when I mentioned my, hey, I think that you're my gynecologist true life story from the old ballpark. My, hey, I think you're my gynecologist true life story from the old ballpark. <laughs> uh, it sounds like he's saying Somebody said to him, hey, I think you're my gynecologist from the old ballpark. Right. Uh, please enjoy a picture of the old grandfather with his two-year-old and 17-month-old granddaughters. All the best, Gary. And here, here is a picture of Dr. Siegel and his two beautiful granddaughters, uh, one of whom looks less than thrilled to be uh, seated next to him and, and, and distanced from him, and the other who looks very thrilled. And Dr. Siegel, of course, is overjoyed. Have you have you have you seen Dr. Siegel so, before? A couple things to yes. digest here for me. One, the children are absolutely adorable. Even even the one who looks like um, she's been abducted by by Dr. Yeah. Siegel. But on, on, and, I should say on a lovely southern sort of porch swing as yeah, well. Yeah, it's adorable. And the second one is all of his correspondence from and with Dr. Siegel. I've never seen Dr. Siegel. But I had a picture in my mind of what Dr. Siegel looked like. Mm-hmm. And he does not fit the picture. What, what, what was the picture you had in your mind? Essentially, it was Lute Olson. The former Lute Olson, Arizona, yes. The former, yeah, former Arizona, Iowa and Arizona basketball coach, basketball Lute Olson. Coach, yes. yes. And, uh, um, a, a Phil Donahue-esque, a head of white hair, helmet of white hair. That's, that's what yes, you had pictured. And, and, and considerably, and in my mind, Dr. Siegel was considerably older than he actually is and looks in this but photo. Maybe he's just preternaturally young and, and fit. Maybe. But um, but yes, he he is he does not look like Lou Olson, even though Lou Olson in my brain was was the picture that came to mind when whenever you read something from Doctor Siegel. I I always pictured um, uh, uh, Lou Henson, former <laughs> Illinois coach. Lou Henson. I know no, I you I, you were you were scrolling yes. through your Olsons <laughs> yes. and your Lutes. No no, I was scrolling through <laughs> college basketball coaches of the eighties for for five hundred dollars. Oh, okay. But uh, anyway, thank you, Doctor Siegel. Um, Your granddaughters are absolutely adorable. Absolutely adorable, and um, and I think that's that's all we have for this week. Let's hope Denny this the audio quality of this passes muster with Denny. If so, you will you'll you'll all be you'll hearing be listening. This. And you'll, if you've, not, you've just heard this, you'll know why. You won't know why. You won't. On that note, thank you, Denny, for for all that you do. 
Thank you, Tom Dick Hari. And uh, everybody, be well and so long. Play us out. I had to have the last word. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane, who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane